and welcome to another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch. This is Podcast Quincy Podcast. Please, when you search for this podcast and let your friends know about it, search for Podcast Quincy. That's Podcast Quincy is the name and the title on your favorite podcast platform. My name is Mark Carey, the Mayor's Media Director, and I am in his office on this beautiful August afternoon. Mayor, hello. Hello, Mark. Actually, it's nice being inside. Wonderful air conditioning on this beautiful day. You know, this is what I love about New England. I look forward to the fall when these when I get to these really hot, hot days, man. I love the fall. It's my favorite time. But you know what? It's August. It's summertime. It's typical. The old saying about New England is, you know, the guy, you know, he said to a guy, hey, what a beautiful day. Yeah, but tomorrow it's going to rain, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's summertime. We're supposed to get hot days, you know. So, <laughs> Yeah, the, I don't like this kind of hot, though. You can always put more clothes on is what I, you know. Take more off. Absolutely. So, anyway, uh, I digress. Hey, we had a nice cookout last night. We did have a nice Pageant cookout. Fields. Yeah, we fed, I think, between five and 600, which uh, I was actually surprised. I thought the between the heat and some of the remnants of the COVID stuff might keep more people away. And I think it did keep some of the seniors away. And I'm happy they stayed home in the air conditioner, quite frankly. But, yeah, we a lot of families, a lot of kids enjoyed the slip and slide. Uh, it's a great exercise for me because it connects me with Quincy residents and they bring to me some issues that need attention. Uh, and uh, actually, two different individuals last night told me they listened to the podcast, Mark. Really? I wanted oh, to good. hug them. I said, I didn't. I, two. Oh. So everyone that listened to the podcast <laughs> is here at the cookout tonight. <laughs> That's not true. We have we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast. So uh, we, we appreciate uh, the listeners very I much. I do appreciate that. That does give you a great opportunity to, to sort of meet face-to-face and have that face-to-face time with a lot of the constituents and residents of the city. because of the last year and a half, Mark, right? There hasn't been much out there. Uh, and I often say, it, it, I'd have to knock a lot of doors to connect with that many Quincy residents. And quite frankly, it's it's a it's a listening time. And most people are very happy. They talked about the city looks great. They're happy with the transformation of the downtown. They love the flowers. and But you got others that have issues that, you know, when is my street getting paved or somebody needs housing or somebody's looking for a job or whatever it may be. So... That's that's the business I've chosen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have no problem with that, and uh, you know we follow up on all those issues. And I certainly want to thank my all my volunteers last night. I mean, they it was hot working was, on the grill. Yeah. It was yeah. hot for them. So yeah. I appreciate them. They that's tremendous. They all do it voluntarily, and I'm certainly appreciative of that. And you always invite constituents and people, residents of the city. If you have a problem and you're not getting it done by whatever way you're trying to, always give us a call up here. We'll direct you to the right one. It's 617-376-1990 is the mayor's office. I got an email this morning from a gentleman. Really? And it said, as your constituent and your boss. (laughs) (laughs) And he went to his tirade about... uh, Vaccination mandates and all kinds uh, of crazy stuff, which but, we'll touch in the end of so this. So it takes all kinds. Podcast today, we'll discuss and, that. And at the by the way, they everybody out there, they are my bosses. Yep, I was going to write him back and say, "Hey, how about a raise for your boss?" <laughs> <laughs> we kid, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Absolutely. nice August afternoon. So, uh, speaking of which, you did, uh, you, you know, this is sort of what uh, we were talking about. Um, you had heard from one resident that talked about the purchase of the. Uh, Monroe site or where the... Actually, last night at the cookout. Yeah, the cookout. Right. Uh, so, an older person Yeah, came tell up. us what happened there. Sure, sure. An older person came up to me and said, I don't agree with your purchase of the Monroe building. I said, well, that's okay. You know, uh, we don't always have to agree. You know, that's a beautiful apartment building. It's not that old. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got two different Monroe buildings here. Yeah. And, and I understand a little bit of confusion there because the, the original Monroe building is the two-story building that has the... Gunther Tootie's had the uh, Grand Asia in there for a long time. 
Uh, it's an old old structure. The other one next door is a separate site, separate building. I think it's called Monroe Place. So I understand the confusion, but please, we're not taking the <laughs> eight or ten story beautiful, fairly new building. Yeah, the apartments. Um, uh... And again, we're using federal money, and it's for future use. Um, I anticipate to go to the council probably sometime next year with a full plan um, that I talked about before for for a home for the college and perhaps. Uh, a home for a portion of City Hall that's in the glass building. The glass building that we're sitting in as we do this is not in great shape, and it's going to need a lot of attention going forward. So I think it might make make sense efficiency-wise and yeah. dollar-wise to incorporate into a new building with the college. So, But we'll get into that later. And then there's two other parcels we're talking about. Well, let's talk about that. But I, this it's funny because, I, and I know we've talked about this before. It's been a little while, but this this building that we're in, some would say this is one of those buildings that you just want to tear down because it's your own personal choice. Well, uh, the other side of the corner is I've also heard from a lot of people ever since this building was built, uh, what an ugly building next to the old granite. Uh, and, and you know, uh, working in here, it's grown on me a little bit, but the reality is it's a 70s building. It's extremely energy inefficient. The window systems are failing. The roof needs replacing. The elevator needs replacing. It has no fire suppression. I mean, I could go on and on. It's and sometimes it, it smells. Like, and sometimes it smells like old feet because of the air conditioning system. Yeah, the units <laughs> and the yeah, all the mechanicals need yeah. to be replaced. Yeah, it sucks yeah. in the, uh, the the water sits on a pan on the roof. It gets a little moldy, and it, yeah, it yeah. smells like a locker room. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So we'll move on anyway. Yeah, but please. you did. <laughs> you did. Per- we did. We did. The, the city has purchased two other parcels, and one of them I know was the old uh, Verk Rental. And yes, uh, it's been sitting there vacant for some time. It's on the corner of Furnace Brook and Marymount Parkway in Southern Artery. And it was always a tight site, uh, never was attractive. There's no sidewalks on that site because it's so tight. So when we're doing that, in, we're going to be doing that intersection over when we do the bridge over. We need a little bit more land to get the road lined up better mm-hmm. and allow us to put sidewalks in for safety uh, and really clean up that whole intersection in a good way. I don't think anyone's going to miss that old crap building there. I think it probably might have been gas station originally, Mark. Yeah. Uh, but it's been vacant for quite a few years, and uh, I think it makes perfect sense. And, and it, you know, having having it will pretty it up, of course, across from the uh, Marymount Park area, I think will be a, an addition, you know. Yeah, really nice. So that's a good, that, that's one. And second is a really a much larger uh, uh, purchase, which is, but I, I think really makes sense because you're just trying to protect that space in that area. It's the, it's the marina behind what was Cove Way, I think, right? Isn't that area? Well, that's down the, the street, Cove Way. Yeah. Is this a um, actually if you CVS on Southern Artery, you have the Tide Mill site. Yes. And CVS, and to the right of CVS, there's the uh, the mechanic place. I think it's a Meineke. Next to that is a Sportsman Den. Oh yeah. And then there's a to the right there's a foreign automotive facility. So the driveway between those two buildings leads to a boatyard yeah. and marina that's been there for a long time. It was owned by the Pompeo family. It was originally Pompeo Motors. I have a picture of Ted Williams and a bunch of Red Sox guys buying Cadillacs from Pompeo Motors back in the You're 30s. Wow. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but at, at any rate, um, it's, it's a site that's along the town river. It's direct waterfront. It has a Chapter 91 license, which means you can operate boating out of there. Uh, as you know, we've been trying to put together a rowing program for our city, but it's been challenging on many sites because there's a designated port uh, designation to the site. Therefore, it has to be maritime-related, commercial-related. So it's been a little challenging, but this site fits that perfectly. But even more than that, uh, and, and, I, and I know um, 
there's always my detractors and critics out there, and I certainly welcome them. And uh, I live with one. She's she does it in a nice, constructive way. But no, but it, it's we love okay. you, Christine. It's we absolutely, love you, Christine. absolutely. <laughs> but at any rate, it's it's uh, that if that's that site was going to be sold, and I could see an eight or ten story building going there, mm. condominiums with its private marina, and everybody would have been screaming, "Oh, he's more condominiums." And the same people that be screaming as more condominiums would be the same ones screaming, why are you, why are you buying land? You yeah, know, exactly. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> I mean, it's federal money. It fits, the, it fits the, um, the parameters of the use of that federal money. I thank Congressman Lynch and uh, Senators uh, Warren and Markey for that program. But these, Mark, these are those 100-year decisions yeah. we can make. And forever that town river site will be protected. We can clean it up. We can, ro- we can have some beautiful recreation programs out there, perhaps some tourism Stuff in tide with the tide mill. It's really you know when you, when you go in the backside of that southern yeah. artery, it's gorgeous back there. Yeah. And you're looking across the Tide River at the beautiful yeah. broad meadows that was, you know, redone a number of years ago. So it's uh, it makes perfect sense. And I understand if I tried to do this with the city council, those votes would be very very difficult because um, you know the whole spending money. I get it. The public, you know, they're concerned about their their taxes and all. So this was a federal source that meets the uh, parameter of how we could spend it. So uh, it's a tufa. We get these things protected forever. And we don't have to use our taxpayer money for it. Yeah, and that's... that's taxpayer uh, money, I mean property taxes. Yeah. We all pay federal taxes. I get it. Right, you know? right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's visionary about these purchases, I think. So uh, beyond that, um, that's, that's why we buy these purchases. I mean, because it keeps... I mean, you just mentioned, and that's, more, that's worthy of kind of uh, waxing poetic on a little bit more. Talking well, about, uh, let me add to it, right? I mean, let me beat the dead horse here. You know, I also hear from people that there's too much development. We need more green space. Well, if you look at what we've done over the last several years, I mean, when we bought that section in Harriet Abbey State Street, working with Councilor Kane, I mean, that was a major proposal over there for more development. We, we took it for open space, and we used hotel tax money for that, it was terrific. Appreciate yeah. the Community Preservation Committee for that. You know, on Adams Street, when the Eventide sold, that the lot next to it they had owned, which which we bought, was the old Gardner Estate. You could have put seven or eight single-family homes there. We bought it to protect it as open space and protect the mansion. I make it go on and on. Up in, by Faxon Park, we bought additional parcels around the existing parkland. So we are making additions to these. And, and quite frankly, you got one chance at it before yeah. they're built on. Because once they're built on, it, it's Nearly impossible then to afford to buy something, tear it down, and create open space. And that's the thing you're picking and choosing. This is a city that is absolutely expanding, as we just saw in the most recent, uh, you know, census. We went, we were at ninety five thousand. Now we're at what one hundred and two thousand or something in the city. It's right? uh, yeah, one hundred and one thousand six hundred and forty two. I think was the number, okay. something like that. Uh, although interestingly enough, I got the number from the press before I got it from the state of the feds. I mean, I it's, yeah. sometimes it's frustrating how government. Uh, Works, yeah. but at any rate, uh, I believe that's still short. Um, the yeah. last federal census count was like I think ninety two ten years ago. Our own fed, our own annual census count. We were up to ninety six, but wait, something we've been finding the last several years. I thought we'd be closer to one ten, quite frankly. And I think older cities have this issue. Uh, sometimes you, you new immigrants, they they just you can't connect with them. They're mm. they're busy working. They don't want to fill anything out. They uh, so I think that's an issue for some of the cities like Quincy. So I think we would be closer. In fact, the Donahue Institute, which operates out of UMass, last spring, they did an analysis, and they estimated Quincy between 106 and 107,000. So I think they were closer to the actual number. But it is what it is. And, uh, and you know, it, it's, it cuts both ways. Some mm. people say, what does this mean? I say, well, 
When you break 100,000, you're under more scrutiny from the federal government. You held to a higher standard, EPA and other issues. I'm not worried about that. The second piece is you do become eligible for more funding the more population you have. Sure. So we'll certainly take advantage or avail ourselves of those types of things. Well, and, and just speaking to this, to bring it back to what we're talking about, the reason why you uh, purchase these parcels or we purchase these parcels is because it is a city that's growing fast, as we all see right. from the census, right? right? But you have to pick and choose, and that's the that's the dance that you have to do as the leader of the city, is which one of these parcels do we do? Well, you, you've been saying this all along, all along the way. You can't fight every single new project that comes, but you keep it along the spine of the tracks. You keep it along the downtown areas and keep the neighborhoods the neighborhoods, right? That's that's the goal. Some people get frustrated with some of those marginal projects that may be on the line between residence B or residence C and residence A. Residence A being single-family homes. Residence B, you got twos and threes. Residence C is, is multis. And, you know, you get developers, they're aggressive. They want to maximize their, their investment. I get it. Uh, they are entitled to the zoning, but sometimes they look for relief, and that's where we, it gets sticky. So we, we try to make sure that we're managing these things. The city is extremely hot right now. People want to live here for all the right reasons. Our proximity to Boston, proximity to public transportation, proximity to the ocean, the open space, the services, the safe city, etc. So it's really a, a badge of honor that there's such interest in so many ways. But having said that, as you know, our administration has been focused on the downtown, Wollaston, the North Quincy T-Station, Crown Colony. That's where I view development ought to be. I think that's where it's more acceptable. That's where the de- the density ought to be. In the future, uh, the last frontier really is the shipyard parcel. That's a big parcel, and uh, we'll be dealing, uh, continue to work with Mr. Cork and Mr. Cashman on those pieces of land. But no, these are opportunities to grow responsibly, protect the neighbors at the same time, and when we can and when it's appropriate, to grab some more open space to add to our in- inventory of open space. And I think we're doing that. It's a balance, and I think we're doing it quite well. And just as an aside note, I just met with a new resident of the city of Quincy. His name is Mike. I won't say his last name, but I just met with him. He's never lived. Or, he's not from here. Okay. And he chose Quincy because he did his research on the leadership and where the city's going. And he absolutely loves the city. Can't wait to put his kids in our school system. Just a really, that's uh, great to refreshing to hear that. I mean, you listen, I know there's now. always there's there's always issues that people may have. You know. The next street over is getting paved. Why what do you mean? It, what is a mine getting paved? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you get, you get, and I get all that. But overall, this city is flying. It, it It's really doing well. We can talk about schools. We can talk about low crime rate. We can talk about the library service. We can talk about the new parks. We can talk about the senior center. I mean, whatever category. And I, I've said it, and this fall we'll be talking again when we set the taxes. We're about the middle of 351 cities and towns on taxes. About the middle. But bad. I would tell you, we're absolutely at the top for services. You compare us any community across the board, from schools to crime, any of those areas, and uh, it's hard to beat the city. So uh, I'm proud of that, I, and I thank my colleagues in government. We know this doesn't just happen by one person. We have a great team administratively. We have our colleagues on the city council that work very hard every day. We have our colleagues in the, that represent us at the state house, a state delegation that work hard every day to help us with local aid and school aid, improving the MBTA. I mean, it's it's a collective effort. The federal level, mm. Steve Lynch, he's here every couple of weeks. I mean, we we meet on issues, we we tour things. Um, he calls frequently and and not as frequently, but we're in touch with uh, the senators, the governor. I talked to him last week. He was asking me my thoughts about the school mass situation and the mandates. Uh, from CDC and so forth. So uh, it's really about relationships, that collective effort, working together, working hard for the benefit of the residents. And it's paying off. We have a great city. 
Yeah, we really do. Well, uh, let's shift gears a little bit as we wrap this up. The last few minutes we have uh, and discuss what is also on everyone's mind. COVID's sort of kicking back with its uh, with the new Delta variant and the different right. variants that will probably pop up. And, of course, I mean, again, we talked about this last time we were on the podcast that Massachusetts is in a better place, but we're still very weary and watching the science and, the as you mentioned, what the governor said. Sure. Let's just keep looking at the science. How is this going to be going back to school? Well, let me first say that, um, you know, it was said that be, we'd have some issues with variants going forward, right? Right, yes. The uh, goal was to get as many vaccinations out there. And, uh, well, we're in pretty good shape in that regard, Quincy and Massachusetts. You know, and they estimate every year what the flu strain's going to be and we get flu shots. Sometimes they miss it. Let's keep in mind that, and, and I, saw that, I don't say this in a callous way at all, but people die every year of the flu, of pneumonia. That's part of dealing with life, going through it. I mean, this this issue of the COVID, we're going to be dealing with the years to come. Yeah. And we're going to do the best we can, be responsible, smart about things, but we can't all live in bubbles. And, uh, and I think we've got to be cognizant of that. I, you know, so I am, uh, we have actually a special meeting of the school committee specifically for this issue next week to discuss the recommendations by the state, the not mandates, recommendations, right. of what we ought to do with our schools and how to break it down, whether masks are required or not. And uh, we'll have that discussion next week. And look at this. You talked about science. There's so much science out there on all sides. Uh, and I, you know, I was reading uh, a little bit. A doctor was talking about this little spike we're going through is a, is a quick spike and we'll be down. He see he pointed to the UK where they had the variant, and you know you have a quick spike and then it drops immediately once again. So uh, we just got to continue to be be smart, uh, responsible going forward. I personally don't support a mass mandate in the schools. We had a summer program with 2,700 kids in it. We didn't have a mask mandate. It was optional. Kids wore, Some kids wore them. Some didn't. We didn't have any outbreaks this summer in the schools. And the variant was popping during that time. I believe decisions should be made by the parents on this issue. I really do. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. I'm one of seven on the school committee. The superintendent certainly and his team will come in with recommendations, and we'll have a robust discussion and, and take a vote. It's up to the school committee on the policy. And you had said this last week not to beating this one, but you had said, you know, it's, it's people's personal choices when it comes to masks, when it comes to vaccinations, which, right. which we've been vaccinated. I mean, that's just something that we've discussed anyway, or people right. want to... I don't know that I needed to. I had the COVID, so I had the antibodies, yeah. but I yeah. I felt I would do it just doing my thing responsibly. And I can understand some people that may have issues with it, whether it's a religious issue, they may have other medical issues sure, that sure. precludes it, or, or uh, they were concerned, parents were concerned, they didn't want the young person to get it yet because we don't know the effects, long-term effects. I get all that, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. I'm yeah. not going to argue with people on that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm more of a libertarian on these issues, and I, and I believe people have to make the decision for themselves. They also have to be responsible for their decisions. So people have to think about that, how they how they interrelate with people, and especially when there's a spike. If, if they're not vaccinated, you know, maybe they should wear a mask, but that's their call, you know, and yeah. uh, that's, this, is, this, this country is based on a lot of great freedoms, and um, freedom is always based on some responsibility, too. So people should make good choices based on uh, not just about themselves, but thinking about others as well. And that is a good note to end this uh, show on, Mayor. What do you think? Sounds good. Thanks, right. Mark. We'll see you next time. Everyone, have a great weekend.